All right, welcome, welcome back to Noob School, or the Noob Cast, as we call it now. I'm here with my friend John McDonald from Fabtech Solutions. John is the founder and CEO, right? That's right. Great. And and John and I have a, a friendship that goes back at least ten years. Yeah. Uh, ten, about ten. Ten to twelve. Ten to twelve. <laughs> ten to twelve. I sound like I did something wrong, but ten to twelve and. Um, we were we met each other in a training class, and by the way, that's a good way to meet people of like mind. We both wanted to improve our sales skills. We both went to a sales class. We met, and we became friends, and started a friendship where we help each other. I try to help him; he tries to help me, and that's you want a lot of that in your in your business life. But I'm really proud of John. When I when I first met him, he was just either getting ready to or just went out on his own to start Fabtech. And he'd already uh, <clears throat> worked in fabrication and, and knew something about it, decided to start his own company, and we would go for these walks around downtown Greenville and talk about what it was like to start a business and how to get clients and all that kind of stuff. Made me feel real real good to be the advisor, but just delighted that 10 years later it seems to be working, that he's built a real nice company and uh, so I'd like to welcome you, John, here and say congratulations for what you've done so far. Well, John, uh, thank you for having me on. Yeah. And I am uh, have a little bit of imposter syndrome. So <laughs> I'm looking at it like this this man here where I thought, man, he has accomplished a lot, is going to walk with me and talk with me. And I think you know now, but it really impacted me. Good. Yeah, it, Good. Really, it really helped me. Well, I, you know, I appreciate that. And I felt that way. Uh, when we were walking and talking, but I really kind of forgot, you know, over time, I kind of forgot where is John, what's he up to? Because we both stopped going to that training class. And then when we got together like a month or so ago, went for another walk and you're telling me all these things you're doing. I was like, man, <laughs> that it makes you feel good. That good. The things good. you're working um, there. Well, I'm happy to be here as a sense of affirmation as well that, yeah. you know, when we help people, I just, you want to know that it comes back. Yeah. How does. many times do we help people? And they don't do anything with it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, you did a lot with it. So tell us, tell us about Fabtech now. What the company looks like, and what y'all do, and kind of what what do you what do you spend your time on? Okay, it's a good question, uh, big question. You might have to corral me. Um, I will correct you. I I, I didn't do any fabrication. Um, I didn't. <laughs> it sounds good. Though. It sounded good. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, maybe I did, but not in the sense of what helped me uh, start this business. And so I'm going to go macro real quick and I'll bring this in. Um, I started this business and I knew nothing uh, about a business. Mm -hmm. Um, When I got out of the Navy, I came to work for a company that was similar to mine. And what we do is we sell and service metal fabricating machinery. And so we're a distributorship. And if you think of it like a car distributorship, they have a service department, parts and sales. So we've got these departments here. And uh, I went from service. I worked on this metal fabricated machinery. And, you know, a month prior, I was working on F-18s and SH-60s in the Navy on an aircraft carrier. And uh, I was seller of the year, little pat on the back there. And this company recognized me here in Greenville. And they said, we'd like to come, come to work for us. I came to work. Can you fix this machine? Sure. Never seen it before. Worked my way through it fixed it 
began to communicate with the customers, learned how to communicate, got into sales. Uh, things happened in that company with the relationship, and uh, I started my own. Mm-hmm. And that's when the real journey yeah. started. And um, I think I answered your question. So you went, <clears throat> you went to high school around here? I did not. I went to high school north of Tampa, Florida, okay. Pasco County. Um, and you ended up here after the Navy? I did. Okay. And so why did you go in the Navy? Also a great question. Uh, I lacked direction. Okay. And I knew I didn't want to stay in Pasco County. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I was doing then was uh, not congruent with what I wanted to do even back then. Mm-hmm. And so I lacked direction. I followed some friends that were joining the Navy. And I thought I'd get an education and get out of where I was at. And so I left uh, to, uh, to work for the Navy in Norfolk, Virginia. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> did you go up to like Chicago? The Great Lakes? I did. Um, and I can give the, the big <laughs> story. My so, son did the same thing. He went to Great Lakes. And, he did. And it yeah. was, it was uh, in 2008, right? I think so. Because we yeah. spoke on that. Yeah. And I'd love to get to know your son. I yeah. mean, it, you, you touched on it, um, but he sounds very impressive. Um, so in 2003, I enlisted. And, um, you know, the towers went down and I, I was going to do what I thought was right, right? Mm-hmm. And so I did that. I went to uh, Great Lakes in uh, Chicago, and um, it was called, got their boot camp. Um, and I'm going to say this. I've, I've not said this on my podcast. I'm going to tell you because I told you before. But I want to put it out there because I'm now starting to realize, um, and I've had so many failures, but this failure here I hid for so long. Mm. I think i got to look at this camera. <laughs> and uh, so... This I, I hid this for so long, but I'm realizing that my failures um, are going to help people, and it's helped me. But yeah. I wanted to be a Navy SEAL, uh-huh. and uh, you know I was slotted for an avionics uh, job, and they said you're going to work on electronics. I'm like, yeah, but I want to be a SEAL, you know. And they're like, well, if that doesn't work out, because it doesn't really work out for a lot of people, mm-hmm. you've got this schooling. Well, it didn't work out, uh-huh. and it was hard for me to like, you know, write home because you wrote home. Yeah, I didn't make it. Um, for whatever reason, yeah. and here I am, I'm going to go to school. Yeah. So then I had nine months of uh, electronics school after that and uh, went to Norfolk, got stationed on the Dwight D. Eisenhower CVN 69. Wow. And uh, we did uh, one good nine-month deployment, um, Operation Iraqi uh, Freedom and Enduring Freedom as well. Um, I, I mixed those up there, but <laughs> we did we, we did time over there, and I remember... Uh, I remember all that. So I was five so is that, years. Is that a big aircraft carrier? Uh, it's a Nimitz class, and it's the largest uh, that they've got. Yes. It's the largest aircraft carrier. And there's a cl- there's five or six. I, I don't keep up with it now, yeah. but there were about five or six that were that size. It's about three football fields long from what I remember. Jeez. Yeah. 6,000 wow. people. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. And you're working on F-16s? F-18s. F-18s. ENF, uh, for those who know. Um, and SH-60s, we worked on electronic countermeasures in my shop. And so, you know, the uh, chaff and flare yeah. that fly out yeah. behind the aircraft and yeah. um, heat-seeking missiles would go after that or whatever. That's the stuff we worked on. And so I didn't go on the flight deck and do all this, uh, you know, sexy, appealing stuff. I had a jacket on while it was 120 degrees outside. <laughs> I was in this cold shop with a lock because we had some secret uh, frequencies and things. And so... I was in this cold air-conditioned shop and uh, 18 hours a day working, you know, 
Um, sometimes not, but mostly the Navy guys will understand this and your son will. We cleaned most of the time. Mm. And so that's, uh, that was a lot of my time. Mm. Wow. And so <clears throat> you learned um, avionics. Is that right? Electronics, avionics. Electronics, yep. okay. Yeah, that's right. And then you had the chance to take this job with a fabricating type company, sales, fabricating sales and service company in Greenville, took it, and then eventually started your own shop. Right. That's about where we met. Yes. And you went to that class because you wanted to learn sales. Is that right? I went to that class about a year before I started Fabtech. Uh-huh. And I was in sales. And um, for whatever reason, my numbers were, were not as good. And so this was recommended. Uh, that, that training was recommended uh, by my employer. And so I had to have skin in the game. And so I paid some money and I went to training and, uh, man, I've, I've met a lot of folks in there and, um, it's interesting, um, being part of a network like that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. We talked about it just a minute ago, you know, to the, to the audience, but you know, that is a good way because people can say, well, you know, you got to know people to make things happen or they can make excuses or you can go join some of these networks you can go to the training class. You can join Toastmasters. There's lots of, but you meet these like-minded people that want to be players, right? That's why you're there, and start doing things together. John, it's never been easier. I uh, mean, if you think about, um, I mean, and I'm not that that old, but if I think, I just talked about writing letters. Yeah. Think about uh, all the social media. Every which way you can, you can learn and personal development. And there's books, and uh, you can surround yourself with you know other individuals. There's just, you know, there's there's no more excuses. No, no excuses. That's right. Unless you want to be wimpy about it. You, then you can you make can, all the excuses you want. You can call whatever you want. That's yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> so how many customers do you have now? Currently, if we're going to define customers, uh, folks, that we've exchanged uh, money for service money. or product. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, over the past nine years, we've got a database of 4,000. Um, we are, um, I could speak on this because I just looked at it from a service perspective. We're invoicing about 40 to 50 um, projects a month with mm-hmm. service. Mm-hmm. And our sales are um, up 145% uh, this year from last year, nice. um, year to date. Yeah. So for the people watching, I mean, when I met you, you were still working at this other company and thinking about doing this. And now we fast forward because it's almost good that we didn't talk for so long because I'm seeing exactly 10 years later what's it look like. And you've done so much. I mean, you've got your own business. You've got 50 paying customers a month, a database of 4,000, a team. And you've done a few other things, Mm. I think. You yeah. become a champion bodybuilder. Because <laughs> when I met you, you were a skinny little guy. Yeah, yeah. And you all of a sudden, I mean, we're not going to make you take your shirt off here, but I mean, you're, you've won some <laughs> contests and stuff, right? Yeah, I've, I've, I've done pretty well at it. Yeah. I've done pretty well at that. And how did you get into that, and why, why did you do it? <sighs> hmm. Interesting. The day that I quit working for my previous employer, I went back to working out. Cause it felt good mm-hmm. when I was in sales, it was, 
you don't have time for a gym. Literally, the man said, you don't have time for the gym. You need to be selling. Mm-hmm. And because we were close and I wanted to work out more and I used to work out a lot. Um, so the day I quit, it was almost a rebellion thing. I went to the gym and I started working out and it felt good. Mm-hmm. And I started going every day and it just, it never stopped. Mm-hmm. And now it's, I do not, I, I cannot not work out. And uh, there's this other crazy thing about me that if I'm going to do something, I'm going to whole ass it. Yeah. I'm not going to half ass it. And I, uh, you know, get more extreme and more extreme. And then you go to your friend's bodybuilding show and, you know, he's up there and you're like, I can beat him. <laughs> and so next thing you know, and I'm in a Speedo. Yeah. And uh, I'm yeah. on stage and I thought I'd never do that, John. And, and now it's uh, turned more into personal development, how bodybuilding affects me uh, physically and mentally when I'm dieting and I'm, I'm disciplined in that area. Mm-hmm. I'm so much better as a human being and mm-hmm. in other areas. And so um, it just feeds into the entire personal development of being a better human. Mm-hmm. And what uh, <clears throat> what is what is your ideal diet right now? All right. Good question. And um, I can tell you what it is here today. And uh, you can look at it like macros or you can look at it what, what the food looks like. And so um, I will have first thing in the morning, I will uh, drink my water. I will have um, a cup of oats and some protein powder in those oats with blueberries mm-hmm. and strawberries. Two, three hours later, I'll have one cup of uh, rice with six uh, ounces of chicken. A few hours later, ground beef or possum, right? Ground beef uh, with a cup of rice, a little inside joke nobody's yeah. going to get. But, yeah. um, and so basically it's uh, a good serving of protein with some carbs, healthy fats, and hopefully get enough fiber in that situation. And so you have five or six of those meals a day. Mm-hmm. And so you're looking to keep feeding the muscles on a regular basis. Is that the idea to make them grow? That's it. So the protein feeds the muscle and uh, the carbs give you the energy to be able to And if you were going to lean down before competition, what would you take out of that diet? Great question. Carbs are coming down, especially oats, sugar and processed. Everything gets limited down. Oats include, yeah, yeah. yes, oats, everything gets leaned yeah. way down. Yeah. You ask for a reason. Well, I'm always <laughs> trying to, I'm always, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm always looking for ideas from people in anything that they're experts at because it might help me somehow. And so, um, you know, just trying to always tweak my diet. I eat mostly, you know, protein and I would say healthy carbs, uh, a little bit of fat. Wow. And, I, I got to be honest. I'm, I'm, I get a little uncomfortable hearing when you, when you, you know, tell me about myself and you called me an expert just now. And, you know, there's a complex there. I, I got in, I've got that imposter syndrome, but somebody told me this, my coach, I think he said the diet that works best is the one you follow. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many good diets. Yeah. I think the imposter syndrome is a good subject to talk about for a minute <clears throat> because you, just, you think about it logically, like I can be logical about you and you could probably be logical about me, but it's hard to be logical about ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. But you are, you know, a, a successful bodybuilder, at least in this region, winning contests and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you're doing very well. <clears throat> and so your thoughts on diet, would I would consider, would be at expert level. And, <clears throat> you know, when when it's natural for people to have the imposter syndrome and think 
well, I don't know what I know about it. You know, I don't, I don't know as much as this guy knows. And, and, and I think that the solution, and even people who are performers, yeah. famous people, I think yeah. they all have it. You just have to say, okay, that's just this little uh, uh, a person over here in my brain who's just saying, okay, now I'm going to be a wimp about this, and that I'm the imposter syndrome person. That's your ego. Right? And to hear it and say, oh, I know what that is. I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just going to ignore it. I know it's there. I know why they're saying it, because it's normal. But I'm going to ignore it. you got to recognize where it's coming from. Yes, yes. And even though I, I, we know that. Mm-hmm. We know that. And that's a great point, and I love it. I'm just thinking, why, why is it that I will battle with that, even though we know it? And so that's my ego yeah. and my history of growing up on a dirt road in a single wide trailer with, you know, four brothers and sisters with my dad raising us. You don't deserve this. Mm. You, you can't do nothing. You're not yeah. going to be nothing. Yeah. And so all those negative affirmations are, are back here. Mm-hmm. And my ego, yeah. I call him Jonald, is saying these things. <laughs> yes, we name our ego. Yeah. The Jonald is back here saying you're not good enough. Yeah. And uh, to hear you say that is it feels good. Yeah, but then I feel like I have to uh, absolutely live up to that. Well, do you remember the uh, really big guy in our class named Patrick? Remember Patrick? Patrick Gardner. Yeah, Patrick Gardner. Yep, he's the one who told me about that. I think his is called Cindy. It is absolutely Cindy. Yeah, and he says I know that he, for a fact. And he says I, I walk and I'm and I, I'm going to call on a million dollar deal, and Cindy goes, "Don't go in there. You're not ready." And they're not going to like you, and you got the wrong vest on, or whatever is going through his head. And he goes, "Ah, it's Cindy talking. I'm going to go in there anyway." And you can see Patrick just walking in there anyway, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I think the more he says, the more times you do it, yes, that you recognize it, ignore it, do it anyway. Like the 14th time you do it, 15 times pretty easy. The 15th. I got to do things nine or 10 times before I realize it's bad for me. Um, (laughs) And now I've been doing this for years. But Patrick actually uh, taught me about the ego and um, naming it, recognizing it. And it it allows me to detach from that. But it's work in progress. As I sit here, I'm I'm, I'm being fluid with you like that. Those things are very... uh, um, those things you said about me, it's like hard to hear. <laughs> well, I'll keep saying them. I'll keep saying them. Um, talk to me about the future of your business. What would you like to see happen, Fabtech, over the next three years? Fabtech Solutions over the next three years. Um, I would like to, in the next three years, I would like to uh, be in at least by the Mississippi River. And why do I say that geographically? Well, we're only as good as what we can service. Mm -hmm. And as we're growing this team and hiring key people, um, it seems like the best way to do that is to grow from here on out. And so I've tried to hire people in Florida. I tried to hire people in Virginia. And what happens is the culture is not there Mm -hmm. because we're not close. Um, we've got to do conference calls and we've got to do, we've got to, I've got to cast vision over the phone or a video or, and so it's very difficult, especially uh, in the nature of our business from the service standpoint, um, is these technicians are going to go out every day from their home with their truck, uh, with our truck, and they're going to fix things. And so how do I, how do I inspire 
how do I grow them? How do we train them? And so, you know, we're, we're putting up a 5,000 square foot facility here now with living quarters so I can fly people in and, and onboard them. So creating this mm-hmm. and it's, it's, and you asked me in three years and I've got my time horizon looks further than that, right? 10 years and all that. And uh, why? Well, because I understand this is going to take a long time and I'm just getting started. Mm-hmm. We're in business nine years, John, and I'm just figuring out some things and I'm just like, why didn't I learn this? You know, back then, Um, but putting the right people in places, having the right systems and processes um, in three years, we should be, um, I would say right now uh, we're on track to do 4 million. If we're going to talk revenue, Uh, people talk about growth in different ways, personnel growth. I I look at the revenue like that, Um, but we're on track to do 4 million this year. I expect to be in, uh, in three years at 30 million. Um, And from there, I'd like to take over the nation. I believe that we can take over the nation. I don't know how many people that's going to take yet. Yeah. But at some point we will be there. So that 4 million, does that come all from service work? It does not. That's a great question. Um, a big, um, a big issue. Um, uh, an obstacle is I've got three businesses in one business mm-hmm. and they need to be ran differently. Mm-hmm. So the service manager has got to run the service department this way. And that revenue looks like this, and mm-hmm. this is consistent, and this happens no matter what the economy is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sales is different, right? So uh, people buy capital machinery. This is called capital machinery, capital equipment. Mm-hmm. They're spending a lot of tax money towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And so our, our strongest quarters are third and fourth. And so it's, it's hard to uh, grow them the same way, and it's, it's hard to uh, – and I forgot about parts, and so parts is almost like we're reactory. We're, we're very uh, reactory when it comes to things like that and mm-hmm. making these all fire off at the same, uh, on eight cylinders, as you would say, is my task right now. So I would, if I would give it ratios, I would say service is um, 40% mm-hmm. of the business. Sales would be 60 as far as revenue goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Parts is, you know, would be, ooh, I'm not going to math right now, guys. So it's this right. is, you could do right. that. We can so, make up whatever we want. Yeah. Um, but I will say this with that point um, on our business card, our mantra is service dot then sales. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, when I first started the company, I had $5,000 in bills the next month and I had $4,000 in my savings. <laughs> and White knuckled. I've yeah. never been physically sick from stress, but I remember doing this. And a good friend of mine said to me, "Well, John," he said, "Take your daughter. I just got custody of her. Take her and sit her on the bed and tell her, Daddy can't send you to private school anymore because he can't make those ten cold calls." <laughs> yeah, he got me. Got you good. He got me. This yeah. is where ego works for you, yeah. right? Yeah. And so. Ego's a double-edged sword, but it, it definitely helped me here. I operate on the dark side. I got up, I made 20 phone calls, you know? And then so service was a net 30 terms uh, business, and it still is. Yeah. And so I was able to generate. I needed $3,000 to pay what I needed to pay for. And that's how it started rolling. And I thought to myself, this defense, this mindset is how I'm going to run my business. And with that, it's been very fruitful, even with the dips in the economy. 
And so right. service first. I was just curious as how, how the revenue broke down. Oh, it's, it sounds like it's almost 50-50 service parts and sales. I, roughly. I, I get pulled because yeah. I can, I can, you know, crack a half a million dollar deal well, over here in sales. Uh, I've worked for months yeah. and then I can, uh, then I, then I'm like, Oh, I need more salespeople. And I spend time over here. Meanwhile, service is just constantly doing this. I'm like, Oh, I need more service guys. And so those big chunks are sexy money. It's like, Oh, this is great. But what, what started my company, what grew my company um, needs to be, you know, managed, and I, I can't forget that. I yeah. get, I get pulled. And then, are you are you buying these these machines from a company? You're distributing for them. Absolutely. Okay. So, like I say, distributorship. We're a middleman, if yeah. people say that, yeah. and we're a servicing dealer. So, yeah. um, yes, we're the, in the middle of uh, multiple uh, vendors. Well, another thing I was proud of you when I got my update from you a month or so ago was that you've. You managed to procure a, a big old adventure farm. Uh, how many acres is it? You got fifty-two acres. Fifty-two acres. And where is it? What what direction? So this is Fountain Inn. Fountain Inn. Okay. It's about thirty minutes from here. Okay, Fountain Inn. And you have the world's largest slip and slide. Um, it was up there. I don't know if it's been taken down. Uh, social media likes to pull it down and say that it's uh, a dangerous act. Uh, I guess you know getting too much air yeah. is a problem. Yeah. Yeah, so if you want to see, we have a little alter ego uh, thing we do on TikTok sometimes. It's uh, You go to John McDonald Jr., right, on TikTok? John McDonald Jr., 99. 99, yeah, and you can see some of our antics, but we, we've we had some fun since we reunited about a month you would, ago. You would see a side of John you would never imagine. <laughs> you definitely got to see it. That's right. Flipper, Flipper Kindle. Old Flipper. Oh, yeah, but I, I, I'm happy that you you seem to be... Like from when I met you, when you were a little bit unsure about what what was happening, what you were doing, you seem to be designing a life just like you want it. You're building a business that you enjoy, uh, you're putting the team together you like. You've, you've got the farm, you know. You've, you've got a, a real important, healthy kind of health oriented hobby. A lot of good stuff going on. Yeah, that, that ego's talking a little bit here now. Um, yeah, I'm I'm creating a life that I enjoy. Yeah. That's the idea, right? Yeah, it is. You know, it I mean, is. <laughs> I mean, I think that the, the people I know that are, let's just call them happy, successful people, and I don't mean just making money, I mean life successful, they're always saying, I'm, I'm grateful for where I am, but I would always like to angle to make it better. How can I make it better? How can I make the farm more interesting? How can I make the truck bigger? How can I you know, get double the size of my business, right? You're always thinking to do that while being happy where you are. Yes, absolutely. Um, I don't know if there was a question attached to I'm it. I'm just making statements now. It's, it's a beautiful <laughs> statement. <laughs> so with that, I'm going to, I'll dig into that a little bit. Sure. Um, yeah, uh, being happy. Um, and I can speak to this. I chase the dollar. I'm going to, I'll admit, and like I was talking about Fallon Navy SEAL uh, tryouts and all that, um, I can say this now, I've had way more failures than I can even imagine, and they're embarrassing at times, and now I'm going to lean into them, John, yeah. and it's, 
when I sit, when I've listened, you know, you've got 80 something podcasts. Mm-hmm. I'm probably at 60 right now. Nice. And I'm watching these guys, and, you know, one guy's eighth degree black belt. This guy is, you know, building this huge venue here. And I'm looking at this like, this is amazing. These guys are doing amazing things. Yeah. And I, I don't hear a lot of them falling on their face. And I think about my own life, and Jonald's back here saying, <laughs> John, you came from a trailer. Mm-hmm. John, you've been divorced twice. John, you've done this in business mm-hmm. and this and this and this. And I've lost a lot of money in business. I've done a lot of things that I shouldn't have done. Um, my happiness is measured, and I'm going to ask you this uh, now, um, but how do you measure? I'm going to answer this first, and then you can. <laughs> how do you measure your happiness and success? And I'm looking at, like, and, and I think about this. Um, and I measure it now, not by the dollar, um, but by the times I can, it sounds cliche, but by the, by the happiness and by the times I can um, smile mm-hmm. and know that my daughter's, you know, safe and, and going to be self-sufficient. Um, and, I, and I know you, your kids are doing well and that's got to be really strong for you. But I look at all the, the folks that I'm helping and the more that I help, I'm going to back up a little bit. Knowing who I am personally now, rather than chasing that dollar, has helped me feel like um, I know what success is now more than ever. And so those failures mean nothing to me. The divorces I've learned from, the, the, the business issues I've learned from. And so I can speak on those things knowing who I am now. Well, <clears throat> that's good. That's good. And I, I think, you know, I would challenge you on one thing. And you said, you used the word failure a couple of times, like, you said failure at becoming a Navy SEAL. Well, you lasted like seven weeks into the program. And that's not even counting what you had to do to make it into the program to begin with. So I wouldn't refer to it as a failure. I mean, I would say, you know, I went pretty far, pretty far, much further than most people down this really difficult path and ended up doing something different. It made me stronger. I learned a lot about myself, and you know, I've been in the cold Pacific and chattered, my teeth chattered, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I would challenge you: be very careful what words you use, because your brain believes the word. It's there. It's in that that subconscious, and it comes out. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, and I'm. Um... I mean, if you said I failed at this business, first business I tried, I would say no. I learned from that first business. It cost me $25,000 to learn these three lessons. I'll expand further. If I was to say I'm going to climb Mount Everest Mm -hmm. and I didn't make it, one, I wouldn't quit, (laughs) but I would be afraid to tell people that I only made it halfway. And so that's what I look at when, when this goes on. I'm not where I want to be in business. I'm not where I want to be in my relationships. I'm not where I want to be spiritually. And so it can be hard to talk about them yeah. when you, you're in that you're in that struggle now. Yeah. Well, so <clears throat> I think what you got to do is you got to identify all the key areas in your life, and let's just say the business, the farm, the financial security, my personal skill set in business, my relationships, my family. You know, whatever those seven or eight things are, spiritual. I like to give them a one to ten. Just do like a do like a, a wheel. Just do a one to ten and say, you know, if if let's just say one of them is uh one of them is, one of them is uh, drinking, and on a scale of one to ten, ten being great and one being horrible, 
you know, we're a one. And everything else, we're like a six or a seven. Yeah. I would advise that person to say, we got to work on the drinking. You know, because <laughs> drinking could really screw up the rest of them, right? Yes. So, so you kind of look at what's low and say, what can I do? Not to fix it this afternoon, but to start a process to push this one a little bit higher. And just try to constantly keep jiggering these numbers up a little bit. John, this is great, great advice, and it, it gives me like literal chills. Yes. Yeah. And this is why I go on walks with you. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to say this: I had a I had a conversation with a team member this morning mm-hmm. about five areas in our life that I have. I was journaling, and I'm thinking, where am I lacking? And then I started measuring these things in order: spiritual, physical, mental, and emotional, my relationships, and professional. And I started looking at them at one to 10. How do I feel? My physical, one to 10. Professionally, I kind of feel one to 10. And then these other things like spiritual, why do I not feel that way? Mm -hmm. And it was, I have discipline and accountability in those other areas. And in spirituality and in these other areas, I'm like, well, who's my mentor there? Who are the people I'm surrounding myself there? Because I hang out with other bodybuilders. Mm -hmm. I hang out with other business folks that are doing big things. What, where, who am I hanging out? Am I hanging out with the other folks I want to be like in the spiritual world? The answer is no. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, that's what I need to do. And, and so the one to 10 thing, man, like, yeah, just look at it. Resonated. It. Look at it once a week, once a month, whatever. See if you've got to make any adjustments. But when you see one that's low, put a plan in place. Mm, yes. That will, that will, the plan could be hire a therapist every other week. If it was something to do with that, or it could be hire a financial advisor, or it could be go to a Dave Ramsey seminar, but you put, you put an action down to try to attack that number. That's right. And, and, you know, as, as the numbers, as one number rises, inevitably the other ones rise as well. That's right. Because it's easier to deal with everything in your life. And you reverse engineer it. How did I get here? Right. Better mentors, training, all those things. Right. Right. So I think we fixed that one. Done. I'm good. Love it. Okay. Ready to go? No, tell me, um, what, I want to talk about interviewing for a minute. <clears throat> um, when you're interviewing your people, uh, salespeople or service technicians, what are some interview do's and don'ts for you? The do's and don'ts. Yeah. <clears throat> hmm. Well, there's two things I, I look for um, for an employee, in an employee, and that's behavior and attitude. Mm-hmm. And if they have those two things, the technical aspect, there are some areas that they have to hit a yeah. minimal standard. Yeah. And so for a service technician, um, <clears throat> it would be they know how to use a multimeter. They can measure electricity mechanically. I ask them things like, uh, what's the furthest, uh, furthest repair you've made on your vehicle? And if the man says, I rebuilt my automatic transmission on my F-350, you know, and he's got the behavior and the attitude. Mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. Like yeah. I know where you're at. Yeah. So asking these questions, uh, not just uh, where they've been in the industry, because the the facts are, we're not going to get a lot of folks from the industry. This isn't a huge industry, so we would have to poach. We would have to pull people from, and that's not great for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. People have head trash. People have reason. You know, they're not going to leave their job. Yeah. Um, so that's for the service technicians and with sales. Again, behavior. Attitude, we can teach the rest. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, <clears throat> couple more questions. This has been great. T- 
Tell us your favorite movie of all time. Oh, easy. Step Brothers. Step Brothers. That's Step Brothers. Great. You probably got, I'm, I'll give you a little more than that. You've got A Few Good Men, and then you got Anchorman. I mean, these are classics, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Those are, those are fantastic. Favorite book? Favorite book. Ooh, that's, um, I'll give you my favorite book right now. Um, and then it goes in time, time frames for me. Right now it is uh, Buy Your Time Back by Dan Martell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goodness gracious, I fell in love with this book. I'm on my second uh, go around on that. Um, in the beginning, it was E-Myth. Mm-hmm. And in between there, it's been all the books on EOS from Gina Wickman. Okay. Um, yeah, Martell's good, that's for sure. And then, finally, your favorite word. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Hope. Hope. I love it. Hope. If you don't I have hope, it. I love you don't it. have anything. I love it. That's great. Well, do you want to promote anything in your, in your world, promote Fabtech or anything you're working on? You know, here's what I'll say. Um, John has given back to me in ways that he cannot comprehend yet. And my gratitude for this, for him and this friendship, uh, means so much to me. And so I want to give back. And there are some aspects of my life that apparently I'm an expert at. <laughs> if there's any young men, and I love to, to mentor young men, and I do as much as I possibly can. And so my ask is that if you are struggling um, with whatever, a- any area, if you want to know about your diet, bodybuilding, I'll help you, you know, find me on Instagram or get a hold of John. If you want to learn about how to start your own business from zero, from nothing, get a hold of me. Um, marriages, I don't know. I've been divorced <laughs> twice. We're not there yet, folks. So, um, you know, raising a daughter, I got custody when she was four years old and there's a lot of daddy moments that I can, I can help with. Uh, growing a team, that's something I'm, I'm working on now. So my ask is this, my promotion is this. If you are struggling with any of this, do not hesitate to contact John and get a hold of me because I want to help you. And I'm, you know, I'm not charging you anything. I'll do as much as I can and you have to do the rest. Uh, but I'm putting myself out there to, to give back. All right, good. Well, thank you for that. And thanks for being, uh, being on the Noobcast today. We appreciate you. Thank you, John. Okay, McDonald. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yes. Yeah.